Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have a, a new guest on the show, my friend Sean Foyt, who you guys know God has been using incredibly in this season where the church has been so asleep uh, at the wheel. And Sean had a burning vision in his heart during the scandemic shutdowns to take the gospel and public singing and worship into the public square uh, and watch what God did. And it's been an incredible story and journey that God's taken Sean on. But you guys may not know this um, if you have not followed Let Us Worship, um, but Sean has had a burden on his heart for the unborn for many, many years since he was a young man. Um, And as Roe v. Wade gets overturned and the church is maybe starting to wake up as if from along a coma, I thought no one would be more exciting to talk about and just kind of bless you guys in the church in the season than Sean as we did discuss worship, this alternative religion of progressivism, and the quadrupling down of the culture of death and the newsome Fauci-like priests of death to wipe out the image of God in the womb and the proxy war attack against our Savior. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Sean, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for making time, dude. Uh, your your schedule has been incredible, and uh, the people that are coming to the Lord and showing up randomly, sometimes half high or drunk, to some of the public uh, gatherings you've been doing is such an amazing thing to watch, uh, especially as we were told a couple years ago, Sean, that you were actually a bad Christian. Um, if you were outside singing or you were Christians in Moscow, Idaho, uh, singing psalms in the public streets, and you got arrested for doing it in some cases, uh, and yet people are getting saved and throwing down their crack pipes and repenting and hitting their knees. Uh, and so I think the the church is in this need right now for a revival. The America's in need for a revival, and God used you incredibly in that, in that season, as he's continuing to do, to just remind us that Christianity has far more to do uh, than just buildings, budgets, and baptisms. Uh, and so, but of course, because you're a pain in the butt to the culture of death, um, you've been targeted, uh, uh, unlike maybe any other major Christian public figure in the last few years. But you shared with me once a while back at a live action event, Sean, some of your heart for the unborn going back a long ways. Uh, so before we talk about your new book and the film and all these incredible things, in this post Roe versus Wade moment, uh, I wanted you to share a little bit about kind of your heart for the unborn, things you were doing even as a younger man in D.C., and kind of just your thoughts in this season in the church now that I say the high places of Moloch are starting to crumble down. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an incredible an incredible time to be alive. Um, you know, in, in one sense, it's very polarizing and it's very uh, dark and intimidating to some people. However, you know, these are the seasons in, in I, which I believe God does his best work. And, mm. you know, to see what happened a few months ago with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I mean, it's, it's, it's humbling to be a part of that, to, to somehow feel like our smooth stones in worship and prayer, you know, uh, struck a giant, you yeah. know. And I think that this is where the, the intercessors and the worshipers need to take a victory lap and praise God. And <laughs> yes, there's more work to be done. Yes, there's a lot, a lot of, you know, it's, it's the beginning in many, in many ways 
of, of a much That's larger right. battle. But, but however, it's important to, to thank the Lord. It's important to build altars yeah. and to tell him, Hey, we are so grateful. It's a 50 year prayer request. Yeah. I know for me in my journey, I mean, I have a life band on right now. I've had, I've, I've worn these since I've been, um, since I've been, uh, in high school. Wow. And, uh, you know, every day praying God end abortion and send revival to America. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, uh, there's something about this from road to revival. There's something mm-hmm. about this, wow. this season where we're seeing a, a really amazing shift and, you know, um, it, it's not going to come without controversy. It's not going to come without struggle. It's not going to come without, you know, birthing pains, you may call them, but, uh, <laughs> but God is moving. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and stuff is happening all across America. And, you know, I think seeing Roe v. Wade overturn, which I was told would never happen in my lifetime, is right. a significant moment in the history of our generation. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Sean. Um, so w- one of the things that I, I, I wanted to ask you about, Sean, because your heart has been for revival. Uh, for so long, mm-hmm. and let us worship, of course. And I want you to share about that in just a second. But you know, you started doing these these massive worship gatherings in the public square. But one of the things I love that you were doing, Sean, was that you weren't just there to sing and worship and dance. But I tuned into a lot of those things, and and I was so proud of you because one of the things that you did harp on a lot was uh, repentance as well. Yeah. And, and there's not mm-hmm. been enough of a focus. I, I, I'm almost positive you'd, you'd agree, but there's, hard, there's hardly been much of a focus anymore on repentance in the American mm-hmm. evangelical worship community, um, to, yeah. to which I would say, then, what are, then why are we here? And so here's what I want to get your thoughts on, Sean. Um, I, was, I just preached at Awaken Church, um, on Sunday, two days ago, in part of our White Rose Resistance National Live Tour that Charlie and Turning Point Faith are sponsoring. And one thing I shared that was just burdening on my heart was Isaiah 1. Right at the end of Isaiah 1, God says to the Israelites, I'm tired of your festivals and your songs. Uh, I'm not listening to you anymore because your hands mm-hmm. are full of blood. And, and the backdrop for Isaiah 1, uh, Sean, is they were having wonderful religious activity on the hill in Jerusalem. Just one tiny little thing, bro. They were walking down a, a half mile to the Valley of Ben-Hinnom in the afternoon where they were cooking their children, um, to which God says, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I don't want to listen to your songs. It's like, whoa. So, I, so yeah. you said from row to revival, perfect way to put it. I just want to get kind of your pastoral and worshiper, worship leader's heart kind of on, on, all, on all of that. Like, because of course it's, it's political, right? We don't talk about it at our church, Sean, which, which I'd say, no, actually that's like the number one issue you have to deal with if you want revival yeah. in America. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we're, we're on a, um, you know, we've been under a, a curse of death. Um, and you know, in many ways the church has been a participant in that. Um, and, you know, uh, that's why, you know, we, we have this statement, you know, reverse the curse. We were, we were doing, you know, 40 days, actually 50 days of prayer, uh, marching around the Supreme court, uh, every single day. I don't, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of people praying across America, but I don't know if there was another group really doing the actual marching around wow. and praying for 50 days. We did that in DC, uh, mobilized from our, our, our ministry center there on Capitol Hill. And, you know, we were, we were, 
you know, they're asking God for the walls to come down, you know, the, the walls even over people's minds and hearts that 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 row, the the end of row was exposing how much the church and other people had been in in bed with this mm. whole ideology and and had been propping it up for many, many years. Listen, if if the church if everyone in the church would have rose up in the in the late seventies, it would have been over. That's you know, right. I mean, because because politics is downstream from culture. However, God chooses the most unlikely people, and he chose the crazy guy that no one thought was going to get president, and he becomes president, and he nominates three three Supreme Court justices in his first term, which has never happened before. So, you know, God answers prayers in very unorthodox ways. However, I think that this season has been great as it's exposed. People have had to choose a side. It's actually exposed where do we stand on this issue? Are we going to partner with the culture of death or are we going to be on Mm. God's side? God definitely has a side in this. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, You you know, you mentioned Trump there, Sean. You just just made me think of something. And I think you probably remember this moment. It was pretty powerful. Um, when Trump was asked on national television right after the overturning of Roe, I don't remember. It was probably Fox because who else would have him? But, but anyways, they asked him, um, do you take credit for that? Are you going to take credit for that? Because remember, Dobbs was 6-3, Sean, but Roe, the, the decision as to whether fully overturned Roe was 5-4. So it only got overturned right. because of every single Trump-appointed Supreme Court nominee. You know what Trump said, right. bro? He said... God did that. And he didn't issue any buts or apologies. Now, listen, whether Trump is born again or not, it's beyond the scope of this conversation. It's not the point I'm making. What I'm saying is God has regularly throughout salvific salvation history raised up wicked kings to accomplish some of his purposes because his people were not obeying him. And yet you had Russell Moore and Ed Stetzer and Rick Warren Jackie Hill Perry, Lecrae, I could go on and on and on, Sean, who had some type of positive statement on the overturning of Roe, immediately followed by a bunch of buts. But weep with those who weep, but mourn with those who mourn. But remember, Sean, this is really hard for the Moloch serviles. I mean, the, the pro-abortion advocates. This, this is, this is de- de- demoralizing for them. Right. And so anyways, I, just, I, th- I thought that was interesting that you had a, uh, allegedly a non-Christian, three times married, twice divorced pagan um, who, who doesn't give apologies for protecting something so close to God's heart. Well, and, and, that, and it takes it takes that kind of bullish uh, mindset in many ways to push to, to ram through something like that. I mean, it's right. you know we, we see this repeatedly throughout throughout the Bible. God uses people like that, and you know, <laughs> thank God that the character doesn't have to be perfect to be used by Him. Thank God that you know <laughs> yeah, people yeah. that have a path used by Him. You know, um, but. At the end of the day, I think it's just significant that God used a very unorthodox method, and and it it wasn't. I don't. Even, I mean, I would say the church can take credit those that were praying in the church, yeah, and those that were were had been praying. And I I do believe that's where the victories won. I think history belongs to the intercessors. Um, but but it was kind of wild to see the reactions and the responses. I mean, I was probably I, I was one of the only you know, worship leaders that I know of that was adamantly 
cheering it and right. thanking God. And I wrote a song called Imago Day to help give language to what post row looks like. So, you know, in some ways it was kind of, it felt a little isolating. Mm. Um, however, that's kind of been a lot of the journey for us over the last few years. So yeah. it didn't feel all that weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and I, and I know the isolating feeling, Sean, <laughs> you and I know that well. Um, I, you were sharing the Imago Day song, which is beautiful. And I think my, my, my social person, media person actually used it in one of our reels. It's a beautiful song, Sean. Um, but you mentioned your surprise or maybe not anymore, uh, that it wasn't really being played on any of the Christian radio stations. Um, which yeah. I mean, if, if any song was going to get played by Christian radio stations after the overturning the, the political equivalent of the emancipation proclamation for this generation, I mean, what a great opportunity for the, for Christian radio stations to celebrate what God cares about. Um, but I, I want you to talk about super spreader in just a second, Sean, but, but do you have any, I, I, I basically, I want to know what would you say? Uh, if you were sitting down with some of those Christian leaders and worship music artists I just labeled earlier and many others that we could add to, uh, if they were actually willing to sit down with you, talk with you, uh, you know, have a good faith conversation, right? The left loves it. Leftist Christians love that. Let's have a good faith conversation. <laughs> Gospel Coalition did a whole good faith conversation series, which is really just middle wayism. It's abdication. But, but what would you say if these men and women would actually sit down with you? Uh, what, what questions would you have for them? Like, how would you defend what you're doing, to, which to us seems so like Christianity 101, and yet you've been reviled, you've been canceled, and some of these worship pastors who lead the bride of Christ in worship of the king who entered human history in a uterus to redeem mankind from their sins are not very excited that other babies in similar uteruses are now protected somewhat. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, I like to give some of these people the benefit of the doubt that I think that they they're, they they have they want to follow God. They have, you know, they have convictions, but I feel like that they're just not courageous enough. And, you know, that's not to say that I don't battle, you know, those issues myself. However, you know, God calls us to fear Him above man, and I think that right now, you know, for whatever reason. <laughs> God has used our journey, whether it's the book being canceled, my book Bold being canceled by a Christian <laughs> pu publisher uh, right. twice, or whether it's iTunes and Spotify not playlisting, you know, my song Amago Day, which still went number one despite them, um, <laughs> or whether it's you know the Christian film industry not wanting to help us really distribute the super spreader documentary, but yet Regal Cinemas. And Cinemark and AMC are thrilled about it because they think it's amazing, you know, <laughs> but the Christians were the ones that were too scared to really push the envelope. So my, my heart is just we just need a boost of courage, man. We need like boldness and courage that needs to become a, a virtue again in the church. It needs to be something that we really strive for, not just because we, we you know, we, we want to be bold people, but because that's what the infilling of the spirit mm. manifests in talks yeah. about all throughout the book of Acts that, you know, they prayed, they were filled with the Spirit, and they preached boldly. Yeah. And you see that repeatedly over and over. And I don't feel like, number one, that we're really being filled with the Spirit. That would be my question. Are we really being filled with the Spirit if we're not, if the, the end result of that is not boldness? Wow. So, you know, we got to get out of the, out of the, out of this, this, 
really it becomes friendship with the world. Um, you know, yep. friend, be, becoming a friend of the world causes us to be an enemy of the Lord. And yep. that's what I would tell these guys, you know, like, you know, I, I ask the Lord all the time, search me, know my heart, like my family, my community, my ministry, like you can see what God's doing. He's moving. It's apparent. It's obvious. Yeah. However, People don't necessarily have issue with that. They have issue with us taking a stand against on truth, mm. taking a stand against, you know, the world. And yeah. I'm gonna. I want. I would rather be hated by the world, and then then be an enemy of the Lord. That's you know. Right, and so right. that that's that's the battle right now. It's a fear of man versus a fear of the Lord. Thing. Yeah. Who are we going to? Right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Sean Jack uh, Hibbs put it really powerfully at the Turning Point Faith uh, Pastor Summit um, at the at the end of August. And I don't know if you remember this, but Jack, I, I, I just saw a clip of this and we'll be we'll be at Jack's on the end of November for our tour. Um, and one I mean I always see Jack is a par- pastor that America needs but doesn't deserve. And he said, California pastors, if you can't stand for the unborn child, as California prepares Prop 1 to codify abortion through the point of birth into the state constitution, because you interpret that as being political, you have surrendered your pulpit. You have walked away from your authority. Your mantle has fallen off. It's the moment for us Mm -hmm. to stand up and say you will not go any further than this line right here. Um, and, and so anyway, I just, I, I, I've heard Jack speak clearly before, but whoa. And, and I think that's some of what your heart, you that you're saying right there now too, is like, I think we have to start asking ourselves, are, are we even filled with the spirit? Um, which mm-hmm. can lead to a more scary question actually, right? Are, are we saved? That can actually lead to a more scary question. Um, and Christ had a lot to say about those who thought they were serving his purposes, but really they were like lot and wanted a place at the table, so they gave over their own posterity to the sexually crazed mob in order to remain, quote-unquote, relevant. Uh, and, and so I've been yeah. saying, Sean, I think that the atrocities of the 20th and now 21st century are the result of the spirit of Lot rather than the spirit of David and Jonathan in the church today. So that's a lot of your heart, though. So <laughs> in, in a few minutes we have left, Sean, go back to uh, Let Us Worship and what God did in a brief over, flyover from the beginning till now, now with this film. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we, we've just seen, uh, you know, that the, the boldness and courage, um, you know, we've, we've, our heart has been, my heart's been to inject that into the church. And, you know, what better way to do it than to put the gospel on display in the center of some of the most broken cities and places across America. You know, we're getting ready this weekend. We're going to be in uh, Philadelphia, an Independence Mall, the same exact place where Biden did that horrific speech. <laughs> and then we're going to be in Times Square, New York City on Sunday in, in the heart of culture. And, wow. you know, I believe it's time. It's one thing. And I love conferences and I love events. And I'm, I mean, I, I've done that for years. I love the church and I love the tours and I love the stuff that, that, that I've had the privilege to do, but I think it's time for the gospel to take center stage again in the public square. Mm. And for that to happen, it's going to take some bold leaders that are going to go into these cities, into these places. And what's amazing is, is that 
Sure, we faced a lot of resistance, and you'll see that when you watch the film. It comes out on September 29th in 528 theaters across America. It's a wow. big undertaking, very, very big undertaking for us. Um, huge undertaking. Um, however, it's going to really show the story and, and the whole story. I mean, you hear from the trolls that hate us. You hear from the people that got saved, you know, got 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 uh, freed from wow. suicide. You, you, the whole thing. Um, but I think, you know, if anything, I think it'll give an encouragement to people right now across America that there really is a church that's rising up. And, you know, if we can see 40,000 people gather on the mall, National Mall in D.C. at the height of COVID, and if we can see, you know, uh, people getting healed and saved and delivered and set free and, and, and hearts being set on fire. Right. You know, we, we and really go after it all. You know, we go after people that are battling same sex attraction and sexual identity issues. Like there's not a lot of people do that open air, but we're called <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. Uh, it, and, and it's something that pastors aren't even talking about right now and it's annihilating an entire generation. So, yeah. you know, I feel like it's time to take the gospel back into the heart of culture back into the heart of the political discourse, back into the heart of everything. There's no place that should be abdicated from the expression of the gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And I think that that's kind of our step number one. It's easy for us to get in our camps. And I think that we've done that really well where we've gotten in our camps and we've just kind of thrown rocks at the other side or whatever. But it's a whole different thing, man, when you actually invade these cities with the gospel. You see a lot of resistance, but you also see a lot of fruit. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. That's what you're going to see on the film. Wow. Um, that's what you see when you read the book. That's what you see when you come to our events. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sean, one of the one of the things to go back to the top of the show with what you were saying that I've so appreciated uh, about you and everything that you guys have been doing is that it does show where people stand, and the right. fact that you had more energy and critiques. Um, behind some Christian leaders and institutions to let us worship than they ever had to the fact that you could get Haitian oregano, you could get a lap dance, and you could kill your baby. And those were essential services. But Mm -hmm. if you went to a church with every third seat empty, every third seat full, you were called a super spreader <laughs> and a granny killer. And you had less anger about that unrighteousness from many Christian leaders uh, than they did toward you, who was taking the gospel into the public square and people were getting saved. Uh, and so knowing where people stand and seeing who's really with us, I think has been one of the most important things that the Lord has done through through you and Charlie and Rob and, and many others in this season. But uh, hey, as, as we just wind down, Sean, so grateful for your time, brother. Um, I've heard some incredible stories about Imago Day being shared around. Uh, we know that art and music has a way to pierce the heart in a different kind of way. So if I wanted you to share if there were any uh, babies that have been saved, uh, people who gave their lives to the Lord uh, because of the song, if you guys have heard any really cool things through that, I wanted you to share that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that was our heart in writing the song was that, you know, songs can go to places where sermons will never go and tweets never go. And, um, and there's something beautiful about singing the testimony of God over people. And 
So I think the first morning we released it, it was it. We just got so many testimonies back. One one lady was actually on the way to the abortion clinic with for her appointment, and somebody sent her the song. And you know these women, these teenage moms, are scared. They're up. They feel alone. They don't feel. They feel back in the corner. They don't feel like they have. They feel alone. They feel discouraged. They feel isolated. They feel lonely. Um, and 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 they 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 don't understand the significance of what is inside of them and that how beautiful it is. And so that's part of that. When when that when that song was released that morning, we had you know a testimony back of a lady that was going to the abortion clinic. And someone sent her the song. She pulled over on the side of the road, started weeping, and turned around wow. and decided wow. to have a baby. Wow! And, Praise and, God. And we've actually this this particular this particular mother we've we've you know had gifts being sent to her. We've sent her money on over Venmo. You know we've we've done all that we can. And so that's my heart. Really is is I mean the song was worth it right there. Sure. You know the yeah, backlash yeah, yeah, was yeah, that's right. there just for one life. Yeah, but that's happened a lot of times. That's happened a whole lot of times, and um, uh, it has my kids singing on there at the end, so it's real sweet, yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, hard to not like it, yeah, unless you're Christian radio. <laughs> unless you're Christian radio, yeah, yeah. Oh man, dude. Yeah. Well, well, well. I guess we'll end on that, Sean. Uh, brother, thank you for your time, man. Um, wow, uh, man. If uh, I think it was Francis Schaefer, uh, Sean, who said. Um, if the church can't speak out against something as evil as killing a baby, then the world right. has the right to ask whether Christ is real. Um, and mm-hmm. yet here you are speaking out against that. And now not only are people choosing life for their children, but they're being incensed by, drawn by the truth of the gospel and the truth of the scriptures because you spoke. It's a a completely different paradigm than what we were told was the right Christian way to engage culture. So uh, guys, check out the super spreader film. Sean's a couple books now that were hard to get published because people didn't want to identify with him. Sean, any closing remarks, brother? Go to superspreaderfilm.com, September 29th. Let's fill the theaters up. And uh, yeah, come to our events, October 22nd. We're going to be in D.C. That'll be like our big flagship event. Wow. We're real excited about this weekend in Philly and New York. So we'll see y'all soon. Awesome, Sean. Thank you, brother. We'll see you soon. Uh, All right. Bless you, man. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the show today, guys. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. To connect with Sean, go to Super Spreader Film. We'll put all the links into the show notes as well. Go listen to Imago Day and go send the song around to people since uh, it's harder to listen to or access than much of his other songs that maybe didn't quite strike at the heart of liberalism and progressivism as a song does about precious unborn children. To see my speaking schedule or to book me for an event, go to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com, and to become an ally of the white rose resistance to help us prick the collective conscience of the culture and awaken the church to action, go to thewhiterose.life, www.thewhiterose.life. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.